Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Thursday, June 3rd. Today on the show, the Memphis Grizzlies fall to Utah in Game 5. ESPN's Mike Rooney explains what happened to Tennessee baseball in the selection process. But we begin with Mike Herndon of Broadway Sports Media's reaction to both coordinators from the Tennessee Titans speaking to the media for the first time, as well as an optimistic take on Julio Jones. The 440 is brought to you every single morning for free by the Kingston Group. Check out the website, buildkg.com. I promise you, you will be wowed by their work. It is spectacular and very real. They are Nashville's award-winning locally-owned custom home and remodeling firm for a reason because they've been doing this work for over a decade in this market, and they've been doing it the right way. It's why their family keeps growing, because they continue to do everything in their power to make sure that the work that they do for your home is up to your satisfaction and on time and on budget. It's why they are recruiting experienced project managers as we speak to continue to evolve and progress. It's all about trusting the process, right? Well, the Kingston Group's process works, but it doesn't mean you don't evolve. It doesn't mean you stand still. The Kingston Group knows this and they continue to move forward. Check out the website, buildkg.com. That's the Kingston Group, buildkg.com. I had a chance to catch up with Mike Herndon of Football and Other F-Words Podcast and Broadway Sports Media to talk all about both Shane Bowen and Todd Downing's conversations with the media, but also touch on Julio Jones. Mike, always good to see you, man. Always a pleasure. So let's quickly talk Julio Jones because we have to. It's contractually obligated before we get to the offensive and defensive coordinators who address the media for the first time. And the Julio Jones situation, I, listen, I think he's coming to town. I think the Titans are going to get him. The question I have for you is, how do Titans fans feel after the dust has settled and they have all the pieces of all the different moving parts that could be involved in a trade, whatever that means, how do Titans fans feel after it, after the dust is settled on all this Julio Jones stuff? I think, I think if you're right and, and assuming that you are, that, that they do get him. Uh, and I tend to lean that way too. I, I think they make the most sense. I think they have the most to gain by, by getting him. Uh, and, I think I think Titans fans are going to feel ecstatic about bringing Julio Jones in, and I, I think ultimately people are going to be a little bit surprised at how little the Falcons get out of this deal. I, I really don't think we're going to end up seeing a first-round pick go on the table, at least not a clean first-round pick. Now, maybe it's a conditional where it's a, a third if he – you know, just plays if it's a second and if he plays 75% of the snaps, it's a first if he plays 75% of the snaps and they win the Super Bowl or something like that. You know, it could end up there. But I think ultimately it's not going to be a clean first. I think it's we're going to be a little surprised at how little they get for him. And I think Titans fans will be ecstatic if they do get him and when they see the price. tag. That's where I think we're headed. Well, and especially if Atlanta retains any of the contract as well. So yes. there's there's that to be considered uh, also. All right, offensive and defensive coordinators Shane Bowen and Todd Downing uh, talked to the media for the first time on Wednesday. Your takeaway from Shane Bowen admitting or, or telling us that, yes, his role actually is changing, something I probably was dead wrong about last year. You know, it's a little bit of a departure. Yeah, obviously, Vrabel went out of his way to tell us as little as possible about what the definition or the dividing lines between his role and Bowen's role and who was calling the defense, who, you know, all that stuff last year. Um, you know, when, when he actually gave him the promotion, he made it seem like, oh, well, it's no big deal. I'm just changing his title, basically. Well, 
Bowen's comments today kind of give some indication that it is different, at least in his eyes. And he specifically mentioned, you know, the job has changed, having the title, having control over the entire unit, having the final say on the defensive side of the ball. So I think you're seeing, and it could be a situation where, you know, part of the communication issues and, and, you know, I know Kevin Byard brought it up so many times last year after games and after being questioned on what's wrong with this defense, why isn't it working? He kept bringing up the word communication and that it wasn't just Byard. It was several defensive starters. I think part of the miscommunication could have been who's in charge here. Is it Bowen? Is it Vrabel? Who are my, who am I listening to? Who am I taking my order from? So I, I think having that division of, of role and, and you know obviously Jim Schwartz throws a little bit of a curveball in there this year as well with the senior defensive uh, assistant title and all that but I do think it is Bowen's defense and we know that this year and I think that could help clarify some of those communication breakdowns that the Titans players referred to a lot last year. Offensively Todd Downing also elevated continuity move just like when they elevated Arthur Smith a couple of years ago it does feel like all Todd Downing was saying is I just don't need to screw this up Derrick Henry's pretty good at football yeah that was a lot of it I I thought his answer about you know what are are you going to put your own spin on this was good you know he, he basically said it's not it's not about me putting a Todd Downing stamp on the offense it's about figuring out what the best answers are for the pieces or what the best recipe is for the ingredients that I have. Um, so I, I, th- I thought that was a really good answer that he's looking at. And, and the fact that he also brought up, yes, there, there's going to be some carryover, but it's a year-to-year league. You know, what you did last year uh, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be what you do this year. You've got to look at each team as an individual you know, each team and each season is an individual mission and you've got to concoct the best formula for how to attack that mission. And so that's, I thought that was encouraging to hear. Now, obviously it, that doesn't, you know, those comments in uh, June don't win you any football games in September or October or, or, but, you know, certainly that's the right approach, I think, uh, to, to a new quarter coordinator taking over a new role. So I thought that his, his comments, he had a couple that were pretty encouraging to me. Mike Herndon, host of Football and Other F-Words podcast with all the guys over there, as well as Broadway Sports Media. Mike, always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. Absolutely. Thanks. Well, we are just a couple of days away from the NCAA baseball tournament getting started. And yes, number three Tennessee didn't get a good draw from the NCAA tournament committee. I had Mike Rooney of ESPN and D1 Baseball on the Fringe Element podcast this week. And I had to ask him what he thought about Tennessee's draw. Yeah, I would say as the three seed, you know, like that's not awesome, right? Like if they're the three national seed, you, you nailed it. Like Wright State is your four seed is that's not good. And by the way, Wright State won a series in Knoxville in 2020. So not only are they good, but they're going to be comfortable. Now, the crowd will be different this time, right? Like this is a whole different animal. But um, you're right. I, I think Tennessee's got their work cut out for them. But I think Tennessee also is really good. Uh, the advantage Tennessee has, BG, is normally I'm very skeptical of first-time hosts in the NCAA tournament. Here's the thing. Tennessee's kids had Arkansas come to Knoxville. They had Vandy come to Knoxville this year. So I think a, a, a crazy atmosphere will not spook them. Um, but you're, you're right. They, 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 they got, that, that's going to be 
the, the team that gets to Omaha from that pod is going to really earn it. That was Mike Rooney of D1 Baseball and ESPN. Joining us on our SEC podcast this week, Fringe Element, myself and Aaron Dugan. We also ranked the top five quarterbacks in the SEC, each of us, for 2021. So make sure you check that out every single Thursday right here on the 440 Sports Network. Again, that's the Fringe Element podcast. Mike Rooney was on this week, and we talked quarterbacks. Rate, review, and subscribe. Well, it is sort of hard to win games when teams do historically epic stuff. The Jazz scored the most points in a quarter in franchise history and set a new record for most threes made in a quarter in playoff history. The Jazz scored 47 points, 47, and made eight threes in the first quarter on Wednesday night. And that was basically that. Memphis shot 50% to start the game in the first quarter and was down by 20 points. They were down by 24 at halftime, down by 30 after three, and eventually lost 126 to 110 and were eliminated four games to one in the series. At some point, you can't even feel bad anymore. You just throw your hands up and you say, that was one of the greatest shooting performances we've ever seen in NBA history. Tip your cap, take your medicine, and head home for the summer. Utah made 84 threes in five games, 72 in their four straight wins. Memphis will be back, and they will be better, but Utah is the one seed for a reason. John Morant finished his first playoff series in his career, averaging 30 points per game on 49% shooting, more than eight assists per game, and almost five rebounds as well. We will see Morant soon in the postseason again. We will have Thursday's docket for you coming up in just a second. But of course, we have to thank the Kingston Group, our wonderful and amazing sponsors. BuildKG.com is the website. This is not just some regular old construction company. This is a locally owned custom home and remodeling firm with an in-house design team. And their work does all of the talking. So again, check out the website. That's buildkg.com, buildkg.com, the Kingston Group. If you need some work on your home or you're looking for a new build, make sure you check out the website before you make any decisions. That's buildkg.com, the Kingston Group. Here's what is coming up on Thursday evening. In the NHL, the Bruins and Islanders will play Game 3 at 6.30 p.m. That series is tied at 1. The Tampa Bay Lightning will try to take a 3-0 series lead over the Carolina Hurricanes in Tampa on Thursday night. Puck drop at 7 p.m. The Stanley Cup champions are just two wins away from crushing the Carolina Hurricanes. Just some food for thought. In the NBA playoffs, Portland hosts Denver in Game 6 of their series. That game starts at 7 o'clock. Denver is up three games to two. And the Lakers are facing elimination against the Suns at home at 9.30 p.m. Central Time as well. Big NBA night. Thank you guys all for listening. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall, at 440 Sports, of course, on Twitter and Facebook, at 440 Media on Instagram. Please share the show with somebody. If you like what you hear, if you like thoughtful, analytical, early morning content that's not a bunch of people yelling and screaming at you, hot takes and all that garbage, just please share the show. Tell one person about it. That's how we grow it, and that's how we keep it free for you as well. So, like I said, thank you guys all for listening. This has been the 440 for Thursday, June 3rd. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.